Listen, we are on part seven, wow, of our particular series here, the kingdom mission of the church. And it's important that as we go through this series, and we're almost at the end of making sure this thing stays connected, it stays in one continuous piece. We understand that when when God created the earth, when he put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, that garden represented the kingdom of God. God had extended his kingdom into the earth. And then in that kingdom, that provided everything for Adam and Eve. And I mean everything, everything they would eat, everything they could drink, everything they could see, all the animals, everything was there in that kingdom. God had extended his kingdom into the earth. Well, we understand now that that kingdom was lost by Adam and Eve. So it had to be restored because that was God's plan. So the kingdom, again, is the important part of this particular series. What we wanted to do was find out what the church's mission was within the kingdom. So when the kingdom is being restored, the people who had lived for generations without understanding that the kingdom had been restored by Christ needed a group, needed a legislative assembly to be able to tell the people that the kingdom has been restored. Are y'all still following me? So the mission then of the church is to fulfill that for the kingdom, to fulfill it for God. Jesus died to restore us to the kingdom. We talked about that last week. He redeemed us. Redeem. Re being a prefix. Deem, meaning we redeemed once, Adam and Eve in the garden. Jesus came back and redeemed us. That's the concept of redemption. This week, we just wanted to kind of make sure we understood the different complexities about who Jesus is compared to Adam. And I think that would help us really understand why or how beautiful God is. You know, when God plans something, (laughs) it doesn't fail. It can't fail. Because this is the same God who created everything that you see and everything that you don't see. You don't see the oxygen that you breathe. But it's real, isn't it? Because without it, you wouldn't see anything because you'd be dead. (laughs) So the beauty of this is everything we see and don't see, that same God created all of those things. That's the same God who created this plan, this foolproof plan to restore us, to reconcile us to him, move us from darkness into his wonderful light, this kingdom that we are now living in. So let's have some fun today as we go through this particular series. It says the first Adam lost the kingdom and the second Adam restored the kingdom. And in scripture, Jesus is referred to as the second Adam and appropriately so because he compared to the first Adam, the first Adam loses it. The second Adam restores it. So that's a beautiful thing. So let's go through some scriptures that will help us understand this and have some fun with this. The first one is going to be Romans chapter five. Excuse me. We're going to read, start reading at verse 12 and All the scriptures today will be from the Passion Translation. All of them will be from the Passion Translation. So Romans chapter 5, and we're going to begin to read at verse number 12. Listen, you ready to have some fun? I think we're going to have some great fun today. And again, 
Understanding this changes how you live, changes how you operate. I remember learning how to drive. And this was back in Pennsylvania. And one of my cousins, who was pretty much my big brother, his name was Freddie. And uh, he taught me how to drive. And then he took me down to take my driving test. Sure enough, it snowed that day. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, not a little bit, but a lot. And so Freddie encouraged me. He said, Ben, I know you know how to drive because I taught you. So just get in the car and drive. And I did. Passed the test first run. Excited. But the difference was there was somebody to encourage me, somebody to remind me of the experiences I had with him learning how to drive. Sometimes as Christians, we kind of lose that one encouragement from somebody who was spiritual. But second, we lose the fact that we've already had this experience. You know God loves you. I said, you know God loves you. He has proved it to you over and over and over again. So to stand up today and think that God has left you would be wrong, would it not? Because he has proven that even when you were lost, even when you were 100% wrong, even when you were doing some of the craziest stuff in the world, he was still right there. He didn't put a stamp of approval on it, but he promised never to leave you nor forsake you. Once you understand that, it helps us in understanding these scriptures that we're going to go along today. Because the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, is 100% accurate, 100% true. So y'all still with me this morning? Okay, here we go. Grab on, because it's going to be fun. Romans chapter 5, verse 12, it says, When Adam sinned, the entire world was affected. So, why is that true? Because Adam is the father of everybody. So from the loins of Adam came every human being on the planet Earth. One man, all human beings. One woman, Eve, all human beings. Everybody got that? So when Adam sinned, the entire world was affected. Sin entered human experience and death was the result. The payment, the wages of sin is death. We talked about this before. This death is talking about a separation from God. See, Adam and Eve were separated from God. That was their death. They didn't die. They were separated from God. Are y'all still with me this morning? So when Adam sinned, the entire world was affected. Sin entered human experience and death was the result. A separation from God. God asked Adam and Eve to leave the garden, to leave out of his kingdom. Why? Because sin could not live in the same place that belonged to God. Sin could not stay in the kingdom. Somebody say amen. Because it's going to help you in a few minutes to understand that. Sin could not be in the kingdom. And so, death followed this sin. Casting its shadow over all humanity because all have sinned. Sin was in the world before Moses gave the written law. But it was not charged against them where no law existed. Again, I want to spend a little bit of time here. So sin was in the world before Moses received the law, right? The reason that is true because God wanted to amplify 
sin. He wanted to make sure we understood how much we needed him to save us through Jesus. The law was never made for you to try to live it. Oh, I know that's profound for some of us. That's a, one of those theological kind of shifts, but I need you to understand. I'll tell you a secret. You ready? You can't live it all. Jesus even made it plain when he gave the Beatitudes. Jesus says, I understand you understand what adultery is. It's one of the laws. But let me tell you something even deeper. Jesus said, if you think about being with another person, you committed adultery. What was he doing? He couldn't tell you not to think. He was telling you that that behavior could only be paid for by one way, and that was him. Are y'all still here with me this morning? So the law came in to amplify the concept of sin, to show us how impossible it was for us to live the life that was required by God perfectly. Now, there's still some people today who would like for you to believe that they live it perfectly. Somewhere along the way, they're telling a lie. And lying is part of that whole law thing. So they violated somewhere along the way. Are y'all here with me this morning? Listen, it says, yet death reigned as king from Adam to Moses, even though they hadn't broken a command the way Adam had. The first man, Adam, was a picture of the Messiah who was to come. So if sin entered into the world through this first man, Adam, then he's a foreshadowing of the Messiah because the Messiah is going to come into the world and do what? He's going to do the opposite. Let's read on. It says, now there is no comparison. I love this between Adam's transgression and the gracious gift that we Experience. How much of us, how many of us are experiencing this gracious gift? How many of us are actually experiencing the love of Christ? The acceptance that comes along with that. How many of us are experiencing that? That means that it actually becomes a fabric of your everyday living. When you know you are loved, it changes the way you walk. It changes the way you talk. I remember saying this before and I'll repeat it. I remember when my wife looked at me. She wasn't my wife then. She was my girlfriend. And she told me, I think I love you. And my response was, what took you so long? No, that's not what my response was. (laughs) My response was, I I, I love you too. Now, that wasn't the time to go start running around. That was the time to be more zeroed in on this acceptance, be more zeroed in on this relationship. Are y'all understanding what I'm telling you today? So when you have that experience of knowing, I mean, knowing that he loves you, not because of what you have done. Not because of you, not because you brought a big red apple to God and said, see, I brought you the best apple. No, because of what Jesus has done for you. Once you know how thorough, how complete this gift is, that you can live in that. You run to it. 
I don't know about you. That's not the time to run away from it. You run to it because finally, finally, you've been accepted. Finally, you've been cleansed. Finally, all the stuff that was broken you becomes right. You begin to grow progressively because you have this safe place to continue your journey. Ah, I think this stuff is great. Love it, love it, love it. It says, now there is no comparison between Adam's transgression and the gracious gift that we experience. For the magnitude of the gift far outweighs the crime. It's true that many died because of one man's transgression. How much greater will God's grace And his gracious gift of acceptance overflow to many of what one man, Jesus, the Messiah, did for us. And again, this experience, how many of us really realize what Jesus has done for us? I grew up in a church that didn't teach that. I grew up in a church that taught fire and brimstone. Don't you dare do that. Don't think about doing that. Don't smell that. Don't go there. Don't look at that. Don't taste that. Don't. Because if you do, you are going to hell. For those of you who think I just said a bad word, you're going to H-E double hockey sticks, if that sounds better to you. But that's the concept. You were going away. So you know. (laughs) You know what you did. Not once, not twice, not three times. You know what you've done. So if that's the case, then all of us, Go to H-E double hockey sticks and we can turn the church into a downhill bowling alley because there would be no purpose for being here. But because of the gracious gift, we experience what Jesus did for us. What did he do? His blood washed us clean. Jesus got on the cross and he paid for our sins. For how long? Forever. So. That means you are clean. And if you're clean, then you can accept and, and, and reign in the gift that God has given you. You can actually enjoy your journey of serving him because that's why he freed you to serve him. Is this making sense to you today? Because it's important that we get this because if you don't, if you don't get what Jesus has done for you, then you're still going to be living under the law. Under that fire and brimstone trying to figure out a way to, to maneuver your life or to put it in a position that makes it acceptable to God. And you'll never be able to do that. Amen. It says in this free loving, excuse me, this free flowing gift imparts to us much more than what was given to us through the one who sinned. For because of one man's transgression, we are all facing a death sentence with a verdict of guilty. But this gracious gift leaves us free from our many failures and brings us into the perfect righteousness of God. Acquitted with the words, not guilty. I said not guilty. Ooh, not guilty. Oh, I know it's hard for some of us to chew on that, man, because we're so used to being sinners instead of saints. Because that transition from sinner to saint, we think we're supposed to do. And if you could do it, Jesus, when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, could have said, uh, Daddy, 
why don't we just wait for sister so-and-so to come? Why don't we just wait for brother so-and-so to come? They seem to be able to know how to do this without me. It was impossible then. It's impossible now. You say, well, why am I a saint? Because of Jesus' blood. Now it's up to us to progressively learn what sainthood is. Oh, man, I hope you're all having fun today. It says, death once held us in its grip. (laughs) And by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. I want you to get it. Death, sin reigned. Reign means ruled. There was, it was the ruler. It was the king over all humanity. But now, everybody say, but now. How much more are we held in the grip of grace? Woo! The grip of grace. Unmerited favor. Undeserved kindness. Why? Because God loved you. Now think about this. God loved us so much that he sent a perfect son to die for imperfect people. That Jesus got on the cross and absorbed into his body all of my sin. Not just mine, but all of the sin of the world. Just like Adam produced sin and brought it into the world. Jesus is on the cross absorbing all of that sin into his body to overcome it, to defeat it. So we now can live free. (laughs) Emotionally, it just blows me away that somebody would accept me. That somebody would lay out an acceptance program for somebody like me. Well, guess what? He laid it out for you as well. When you accept Jesus Christ, this package, this glorious, gracious gift unfolds in your life. And it surrounds you and engulfs you. And it takes you over. And now we need to understand grace. We need to understand what it is that I have right now so I can begin to live it out, progressively continue to grow in it. See, again, we we carry guilt. Well, man, we know guilt. We know shame, man. We know that it became our partners, man. We know how to live in that stuff. Now we have to learn how to live in grace. We have to because you've been set free. He either paid or he didn't. There's no partial payment. If it was a partial payment, then that leaves something for you to do. And we've already proven through scripture, you're not capable of doing it. Amen. Okay, let's read on. It says, and continue reigning as kings in life, enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah. In other words, in case you didn't understand what we just got done saying, I'm going to say it in a different way. In other words, just as condemnation came upon all people through one transgression, so through one righteous act of Jesus' sacrifice, the perfect righteousness that makes us right with God and leads us to a victorious life 
now available to all. One man's disobedience opened the door for all humanity to become sinners. So also one man's obedience opened the door for many to be made perfectly right with God and acceptable to him. Pastor Ben, that's too heavy. That I, I, I don't feel acceptable. Let me tell you something how God created us. He never created us that our feelings would lead us. Our feelings are support factors, not leading factors. You're not supposed to be led by your feelings. Those of you who felt like somebody loved you learned that lesson, didn't you? Oh, I feel like Johnny loves me. And then 10 minutes later, why is Johnny walking with Mary? I thought he loved me. You can't be led by your feelings. Listen, we are led by the truth. What did I just read you? The truth. Where did it come from? The B-I-B-L-E. Is the Bible true? Is the Bible the book we say we go by? Is this our truth? I just read it to you. Listen to me. You receive right standing with God. That's righteousness. Right standing with God because of Jesus. Not because of anything else, but because of Jesus. And this is where we live at right now. We need to learn where we live. When we first moved to the city that we live in right now, I had to use my GPS to get around the city because I didn't know the city. So everywhere I went, I'd have to put my GPS on, find out where the store was, put the address in there, and the GPS would take me to the store. And I did that the first couple months I lived in that city. Why? Because I didn't know my way around. I understand some of us may not know our way around this gracious gift, this understanding of grace. But please keep coming because we're going to keep teaching you about what is real, what is true. It is 100% true, 100% correct. You don't live in that horrible shack of sin anymore. You reign in a brand new kingdom of grace. Anybody ready to move? We'll send the moving van to your house. We'll take all your stuff and move it into this wonderful kingdom of grace. Well, I know we'll struggle for a minute because we are so much more comfortable or familiar with the sin factor. But we live in grace. So let me finish reading this. Is this helping you? It says, so then the law was introduced into God's plan to bring the reality of human sinfulness out of hiding. And yet, wherever sin increased, there was more than enough of God's grace to triumph all the more. The more you found out how wicked and horrible you were, the more God's grace said, that's all right, son. That's all right, daughter. I died for you. My son died for you. It's okay. Keep moving. Keep growing. Keep learning. Oh, I'm so filthy. The blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood. It says it has what? Power. It said it will never lose its power. Power to do what? Why does this blood need power? Because it had to overcome a power that existed before it. And that power was sin. So this blood washes you clean. Sometimes we got to get our mind and our hearts to catch up with this truth.
So keep coming. We'll keep teaching. I pray God this is helping. And just as sin reigned through death, so also this sin, I love this part here, this sin conquering grace will reign as king through righteousness, imparting, imparting, imparting eternal life through Jesus, our Lord and Messiah. Jesus imparted all the benefits of this grace package to you. Isn't God good? I said that the other day and a young man told me, no, God is more than good. He said, chicken is good. God is awesome. <laughs> so isn't God awesome? To think about how thorough and complete this first Adam versus this second Adam, Jesus, was and how this grace conquers everything about sin. I said everything. So when you accept Jesus Christ, this whole transformation takes place. One of the beauties of accepting Jesus is then we get baptized and the baptism becomes an outward symbol of an inward transformation. So when we put you in the water, we put you under the water, which is a symbol of burying you. And then we raise you up out of the water, a brand new person. Same thing, water washes, does it not? So we wash away all the sin when we put you under. And when we raise you up, you now live in a new area. You live in the state of grace. Now it's our job as the church to teach you where you are and how to stay on that road when times get tough. Amen. I don't know about y'all. I'm having fun today. I'm, this is good stuff, man. This is good stuff. When the son of man appears in his majestic glory with all his angels by his side, he will take his seat on the throne of splendor. And all the nations will be gathered together before him. And like a shepherd who separates the sheep From the goats, he will separate all the people. The sheep he will put on his right side and the goats on his left. Then the king will turn to those on his right and say, you have a special place in my father's heart. Come and experience. You see this word experience again? Come and experience the fool, not the partial but the full inheritance of the kingdom realm that has been destined for you from before the foundation of the world. Wait a minute. The kingdom was destined for me before the foundation of the world because when God extended his kingdom into the earth through Adam and Eve, he had us in mind. I said he had us in mind. If Adam and Eve would have never broke the law, then everybody would have been born in grace. All the way through society. Are y'all hearing this today? Are you, are, are, are you, you got to be able to experience the difference between what being a sinner was and what being a saint is. And quit thinking that your sainthood is based on what you do. The more you understand grace, the less you will do dumb stuff. It says that in Titus. Grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness. What does grace does? Amen.
go to another verse. Matthew chapter 25. I didn't, I didn't finish that one yet. Let me go back. It says, for it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living soul. <laughs> the last Adam, Jesus, became the life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual didn't come first. The natural precedes the spiritual. The first man was from the dust of the earth. The second man is the Lord Jehovah from the realm of heaven. Adam born from the earth. The second one comes from heaven. God sent his only begotten son. The first one made from dust has a race of people just like him. That's us. Listen to me. That word race there doesn't identify how we do white, black, brown, you know, that stuff. The human race. Because there's only one. The human race. Again, you keep coming. We'll keep teaching you that because you'll need to understand that as well. But it says the first one made from dust has a race of people just like him. What are we? We're all a race of sinners is what we were who were who are also made from dust. The one sent from heaven has a race of heavenly people who are just like him angels once we carry the likeness of the man of dust but now everybody say but now but now let us carry the likeness of the man of heaven you gonna do what carry the likeness of the man of heaven isn't this fun isn't it? Because, again, there's a starting point that you start at, and then there's this massive road that you travel to understanding. But you don't want to stay at this start point, because if you do, you're going to be in trouble. I need you to start moving, because you don't live there anymore. You need to move. You know, after a while, it, I didn't need my GPS anymore in this new city I moved in. I can go anywhere in the city now without my GPS. I don't need it anymore because I had experience. I remembered streets and corners and locations and stores and all of those things. So I can just drive all over my city without my GPS. Y'all with me this morning? Why? Because of experience. Have you experienced right standing with God? Have you experienced what it means to be saved. To actually be saved. Not just a word, but an actual salvation. That the old you was dead, there's a brand new you alive. I just read 1 Corinthians 15, correct? Let's go to John chapter 18. John chapter 18. Jesus looked at Pilate and said, the royal power of my kingdom realm doesn't come from this this world. Let me read it again. Jesus looked at Pilate. Pilate is interviewing Jesus because the Jews have brought Jesus to him. Jesus looked at Pilate and said, the royal power of my kingdom kingdom realm does not come from this world 
The power of the kingdom doesn't come from this world because it comes from God. He is the one who extended the kingdom into the earth. So, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can you see the connection? So the kingdom of heaven is now on earth. This is what Jesus is telling Pontius Pilate. Do you think Pontius Pilate understood that? No, because Pontius Pilate was a Roman authority who had no idea about spiritual matters. He just had a Caesar and he followed whatever Caesar said. But Jesus is given a profound, deep explanation of the power of the kingdom. So. You now live in a kingdom. You must get familiar with the power that is in the kingdom. Why? Because God is the king of the kingdom. All power and authority is his. Then Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 28 that God then gave him all power and authority. And we are the body of Christ. So what do you have today? You have all power and authority. Say, well, Pastor Ben, what do you mean? You got all power and authority to change your circumstances and serve God. See, we don't change our circumstances just to hang out. We grow so we can serve the living God. Now, here's the kicker. You want to serve God. You don't want to try to change Jesus into something you want him to be. Well, I don't like the way that looks or that works. So I'm not going to do that. No. It's not up to you to like the way it looks or smells. It is up for you to follow Jesus. Does that make sense to you? Follow him. Well, let me finish reading. Y'all having fun yet? It says, Jesus looked at Pilate and said, the real power of my kingdom realm doesn't come from this world. If it did then my followers would be fighting to the end to defend me because if the power came on this earth, then, then the people, the disciples, all those folks would be fighting, trying to get that kingdom extended. Well, who was that? Zebedee, who I want my son to sit on your right and my son to sit on your left because they thought the kingdom was going to be taken over Israel. Jesus is telling them, no, this kingdom is bigger than that. This kingdom is me leaving heaven, bringing back the kingdom of God to the earth. Not just to take over a country. It is bigger than that. There's a kingdom that we live in. This kingdom has no borders. It has no boundaries. You got brothers and sisters that live in the kingdom with you. In Brazil, in Uganda, in Nigeria, in Venezuela, in Poland, in all of these places. That's the kingdom. We all live in that same kingdom. We may not live on the same continent, but we all live in the same kingdom because we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And in that kingdom, we reign. We have power. We have authority to do what? Tell the people who are not in the kingdom yet. What this kingdom is about. But you can't do that until you know yourself. Are you saved? (laughs) Man. It says from the Jewish leaders. My kingdom realm. Authority is not from this realm. Then Pilate responded. Oh. So then you are a king. 
Jesus said, you are right. Jesus said, I was born a king. And I have come into this world to prove what truth really is. And everyone who loves the truth will receive my words. The kingdom is real. The church's mission in this kingdom is to teach people. So now we know there was a first Adam who brought sin in the world. There was a second Adam who took it out. Which one are you following today? Do you want to be led by your flesh? (laughs) Make all of your allegiances based on flesh? Or do you want to make all of your allegiances based on spiritual? I need you to know something today. Man, I love y'all. Boy, I do. It's crazy. I just love y'all. I say, well, Pastor Ben, why? Because I understand that God loves you. Jesus loves you. And he loves me. And I cannot think about how great that is. It's beyond my understanding to know that somebody died for me. Somebody accepted me and set me free. So today, I do not take his name in vain. Guess what? I'm free. I'm free. Thank the Lord. (laughs) I am free. (laughs) Are y'all hearing me today? I'm free. I'm free from my past. I'm free from the sins. I'm free from the condemnation. I'm free from the guilt. I am free from all of those things, but I'm free to serve him. But I'm free because I know he paid the price on the cross. He entered the world of sin and he defeated it by getting on the cross and he brought to me the kingdom. He said, Ben, here, I'm moving you from condemnation to right standing. Come along. I'm sending the moving truck. Brothers and sisters, we are sending a moving truck to your house right now. Pack up your new stuff, put it in the truck, because only new stuff can go to the new place. All that old stuff, and you know you got a bunch of old stuff. (laughs) It's time to cut it loose. You got a bunch of hate, a bunch of guilt, a bunch of dislikes, and a bunch of all that kind of stuff. That can't go with you where you're going. Everybody good? Praise the Lord. Listen, I thank you. I pray, God, that this has been helpful to you today. I pray, God, that it has given you insight about how thorough and complete this plan is. And next week, we bring this particular series to a conclusion. We need you here because there's some great stuff coming next week. First Adam, second Adam, the second Adam, Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior has covered us in something so much greater than what the first Adam provided. Please receive it. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes? Father, we thank you and praise you for granting us this incredible opportunity. If there's someone out there today watching, paying attention to this particular delivery of a message, and you don't know him in this fashion yet, you don't know Jesus as your Lord, your Savior, and your Messiah. Please 
right now. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. I receive you today, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. Now, bless me, Father, to be part of a place that will teach me about who I am and where I am going. In Jesus' name, we pray and everyone say it. If you made that prayer, please call the church. We have a decision team here. We have someone that will help walk you through what you need to learn. But please become a part of this kingdom. God bless you. Have a great day in the Lord.